Welcome back to another Sound Truth interview. I'm your host, Adam Miller, and today I am joined by an author who is probably going to be winning an award for the shortest book that I've ever done an interview for here on the the broadcast, but uh, one that I think is quite worthy to have a conversation about. We're joined by Steph Williams, who is the author of The Christmas Surprise, which is actually a children's book, but I think it's appropriate for children of all ages. Steph, it's a real joy to have you with us. Thank you so much for being a part of the many voices for that one message. Thank you. My pleasure. I want to get started by telling us a little bit about yourself. I mean, this is a rather unique book. Uh, it's a children's book. It's got a lot of uh, great drawings and some great artistry in here, as well as a short and concise story on the, the Christmas surprise. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you started with the children's books. Um, so I started um, drawing the children's books um, for a number of reasons. My background is... Um, I did a degree in fine art and English and um, then went into doing some graphic design. I worked for a little bit for the Christian unions, the student Christian unions in the UK, and then went uh, worked for a graphic design organization and then more recently started my own graphic design company with my husband, who's more techie. Um, <laughs> and yes, so I think there were a few reasons, really. I was involved in the children's toddler group at our church where we had some playtime and then we would be reading a bible story and there would be a lot of families from non-christian backgrounds there um and they started to ask me to help telling the story so i just found it quite a nice and natural format for the children to draw some illustrations and read it as a book rather than trying to kind of always act it out um and but a lot of the bible stories that i found were very kind of factual and not a lot to help people understand them or maybe they had a lot of words that were a bit above the children's head and hard to kind of contain their interest and um yeah i was also looking for books i could give friends who were sort of not really from a christian background but sort of interested or maybe from a christian background but didn't really um follow the lord themselves and Um, it's a really great way to share the gospel with people, giving them books and books for their children. Um, But a lot of the ones that I found, they sort of just told you the facts of the story, but not really any way to help you actually understand what it meant or what the significance was in the Bible. And and then also for our own children as well, I was finding that we did, I mean, our children were quite against going to sleep (laughs) and they didn't sleep very well so we had to spend a long time reading stories before bedtime just to try and calm them down to be in the right mood to go to sleep so we'd read a few um secular stories and then um a christian story at the end but they were kind of saying oh why do we have to have the christian story can't we read the other ones and they seem to be all the boring stories for them and it's not because the bible is boring or the stories are boring but the way they were told was kind of in language they might not understand or too long, too many words on the page or just not very good storytelling, kind of focusing on accuracy, but not really accurate because the words were a bit above their head. Um, So for all those reasons, I just wanted to try and um, write and draw something. And also the artwork in the Christian books tended to be a lot more dated as well. So there were some beautiful books with non-Christian stories, but... um, less so with kind of Christian books that I could find at the time. So yeah, for those reasons, I just wanted to write something. So the Christian books were some of the better ones on the on our bookshelves. And 
also writing in a way that the children would understand and that their families would kind of a little bit start to understand um, the the message of what was happening in the New Testament and in the Bible, who Jesus was and all these things, you know, mm. why he was doing all these miracles and yeah. And I think that's incredibly important, especially when your kids are the ones you're picking the books that they want you to read, and uh, they're fussy if they it's a book that they don't want to read. Getting them a book that they will want to hear and a story that they they want to hear over and over again. Obviously, Christmas is a season for that in particular, to capture the kids' imagination for a season that already has a lot of attention on it, and kids are already really wound up. The, the Christmas Surprise is really a great sort of introduction to a series of books that you've written. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. There is so much going on at Christmas. So to try and engage their attention in the real story, you know, the, the most important story is hard. But yeah, it's just a, there's a lot to say in the whole Bible story. So the Christmas Surprise um, kind of starts to introduce them to some of the main things that come across in those Bible accounts of the of Christmas. And then... Um, actually, if you read it together with my Easter story, you kind of get the whole picture then a bit more of the Bible, how we're in this fallen world, but Jesus is coming to to fix things and to fix our relationship with God. And then the Easter story kind of goes on to tell a bit more about how he did that. I think for a lot of parents, they want to have this ability to provide for their kids a, a Christian foundation, a foundation that is solid in the Word of God. But as you said, there are a lot of storybooks out there that are doing that, uh, just not in a way that is concise. And I think in some ways, we're trying to do too much in those settings. Really, simple is better in this con- kind of context, isn't it? Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, I think we do tend to aim things higher than the children's age in general and if you think about it we want them to understand the bible and what the bible is saying or the gospel and if they if we say a lot to them but they understand none of it <laughs> that's less worthwhile than saying something that they are actually going to understand one or two things from um and then over time we can tell them more well i mentioned that you you've won the the award for the shortest book that I've ever had here on the broadcast, but a worthy book, especially, I think, in our generation now, considering how to make an impact in the next generation, how to really leave a lasting impression upon them. There are so many ways in which, especially our libraries, are competing for the eyes and the attention and the souls of our children. Uh, So to write books for them with them in mind, I think is actually pretty important in our day and age. Yeah, definitely. And from a young age as well, I think, you know, you can be reading to your kids and think, well, they're too young to understand, but actually you don't want to be not teaching them about God for a few years. <laughs> you know, that's an important time of their lives to start teaching them things about him. And it can make a real impact. I've had a lot of stories from different children who've really loved the books and want to read them over and over again. And even from children going through really difficult circumstances with health and other things who even at an age as young as two and a half, three, have been able to take in something of the message and been able to see who Jesus is and how he's the one they need to trust in, you know, even from such a young age. So, yeah, I think it is definitely, definitely worth it. And um, just making the books, um, I mean, sometimes we don't really prioritize kind of storytelling or artwork and things, but Mm -hmm. actually if you look in the Bible, you know, there is a lot of that in there, in the way that God has communicated with us through the prophets, through Jesus, 
He often used story. He didn't, you know, he could have walked around with a placard that summarized the gospel in two sentences, but he didn't do that. He used different stories and things to try and help people understand. So I think it's right to value um, communicating in a good way, a way that engages children and and that will have an impact on them. Of course, the artistry in this book is beautiful. I'm not sure who's behind that, you or someone else, but it, it is it is beautiful and very attractive. Yes, I um, I illustrated and designed the books. Yeah. So yeah, it was quite nice to be able to do both <laughs> because <laughs> you can really kind of think about how it works as a whole, I suppose. Hmm. Now, in the context of putting a, a children's book together, you want to communicate more than just, as you mentioned, just the details and the facts and get to the very factual basis. You want to tell the heart of the story. Um, that's obviously really complex when you have to get it in just a few words on a few pages. So tell us a little bit about the process and why that was so important for you. Yeah, I think um, it did feel a bit like Bible translation, really, because when you're, although it sounds not what you'd expect, maybe, you kind of almost have to put more work into translating it simpler because you're changing the words more. So with each of the books, I did have to kind of study the passage and even sometimes look at what the original Greek words were saying and what they meant to be able to try and stick as closely as I could to the Bible passage, but write it in words that children would understand what it was saying. So, yeah, it was really important to me to try and make the books follow the Bible passages as closely as possible, because I just thought as an adult and as a parent, um, or maybe would be the same view if you're not a parent, but you're in children's ministry, you know, you kind of want to actually give them what the Bible says. You know, you don't often that you can have books sometimes which make up a whole load of background and things, but really you're wanting to communicate what those verses in the passage said. So I tried to stick as closely as I could, but it did mean using quite a few different words because to try and make that word understandable to to children or the sentence kind of in a way that children would actually understand sometimes also the meaning behind it and the significance behind it in the Bible as well as just the bare sentence that was there. And the story of Christmas obviously is more than just a a child was born, a child that uh, we talk about a lot in church, but uh, the, the promise was fulfilled as the savior of the world. It's much more than just a a virgin gave birth to a child, that sort of miracle. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, when I was reading through the Christmas passages, thinking about what would be the theme of the book, I was trying to think about what came across as the main main emphasis of these passages. And there was a few things, really, but definitely the announcement of this promised king that had that people were expecting and a lot of the things the angels are saying would have resonated with Mary as she recognized who they were talking about because this, this was someone who'd been promised for a long time so that was one thing that really came across in in all the Christmas passages in the Bible how they're announcing this king that was promised um a king that would reign forever and a king that would be a savior um and yeah um and also I think that it's the signs of who this king was, the fact that there were incredible signs to validate and to say this is really someone special. So it really came across in all the, in all the passages. Mm-hmm. You know, the complexity of the, the doctrine and the, the distilling of the, the depth of what happened in the incarnation is complicated for even adults to understand, uh, the, the richness of it. 
So even making it true and real and teaching it to children, you know, that is the starting stage, isn't it? If we don't start with the children, it's going to be a lot harder to explain it to them when they're adults. So, yeah, I think even as young children, they're already hearing voices around them saying, um, you know, this is hard to believe. It's a, you know, an angel, you know, angels kind of seem like mythical creatures. And um, so, yeah, that was one of the things I had in mind when writing the book as well, just to kind of get across to families who may not even be Christians who might be reading it or to children as well um, that, um, yeah, these things are miraculous. And that's exactly the point kind of, you know, they had to be for God to reveal who he was to us. That's what the kind of evidence we would demand, you know, would be something like that, that goes against, you know, the natural order of things. Um, And that's why God did these amazing, surprising things to show us who Jesus was. Um, So, yeah, I think it's really important to start talking to children about all those things, even from a young age and, and preparing them for the kind of challenges to their faith that they will have as they grow up as well. Now, when we think about Christmas, we obviously think that the all of the sort of mythology around Christmas, not even the Christian mythology, but other mythologies around Christmas, that kids are so easily believing in all of these sort of stories until they get to a stage where all of a sudden, you know, they find out that Santa Claus doesn't exist for any kids that are listening, parents, I'm sorry, um, uh, that when they get to that stage, where they get to that phase in their life, uh, a lot of things seem to come crash, crashing down on them. But there's an important, even in that stage, to establish the truth and the reality of this story so that uh, you're preparing them for those longer conversations you'll have when they're much older. Yeah, I think so. It's really important to be kind of explaining it, not just telling them the facts of it and the story, but giving them a convincing reason to believe because the Bible does give us convincing reasons to believe and it asks us to put our faith in in the evidence that God has given us, the signs and the history of what we know from who he is. That's, you know, um, what the story of the Bible is telling us, all these things. This is the God we're putting our faith in. So, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, it is really important, especially for children, like you say, with Santa Claus, to to make it clear the difference between the real story and the the fiction and to help them really be ready for all these things. And I think they're probably being challenged on this at a younger age, a younger and younger age. You know, I've had my son, who was probably about six at the time or, or maybe seven, saying that their teacher was already kind of saying to them, well, you believe this because... Your, well, your parents have told you it's true, but what they really mean is, you know, it's what they believe, mm. it, you know, kind of questioning the truth of it and sort of making them think, well, yeah, um, challenging them on kind of whether this is really true or just one person's viewpoint. Mm. So it's maybe happening from a younger age now, and it's really great to be showing our children in quite a simple way the reasons that we believe and, um, yeah, doing justice to, to what God is taught us in the Bible. Now, one thing I know about little kids is that their bookshelves often rival my bookshelves. <laughs> they have many books to choose from. And whenever I, my niece and nephews were really small, uh, I would have to read just about every single book on the bookshelf possible. Um, I know that parents are looking for alternatives, good stories that can help them, but you know, with a packed shelf already, why pick up a copy of your book for the Christmas story? 
Um, I think it's it's a very simple retelling which should work really well for a young age and it can be hard to find that because we do tend to aim things a bit high. Um, yeah, it's it's an enjoyable story, so there's a lot of expression in it. And yeah, the feedback that I've had, people have you know sent comments or made comments online and children do engage with that, with telling a story in a really kind of with good storytelling and rhetoric. So um, yeah, I think children will enjoy it. And the aim is just to put the message across simply to them in a way that they will enjoy and therefore want to read again. Um, and, you know, if you if you buy the book to give to someone else as well, there are notes at the back, um, notes to grown-ups, which explain a bit more fully the context and the story of the Bible. So it's a great thing that you can give away to friends as well who might not have as much of a Christian background or might not know the Lord. Um, mm. Yeah. One of the things I loved about uh, reading books to my nieces and nephews was the fact that uh, they would basically have the books memorized and they'd still want me to read them to them. And so every once in a while I'd change the words, but that's not the right story. You know, like they, they, couldn't, they couldn't read per se, but they knew based on each page what the story already said. So there's a richness to that too, where the, the continuation and the repetition is actually embedding this story into their soul. Yeah, that's true. And there's another reason why we have to have stories that we kind of enjoy as an adult, because you have to read them hundreds and hundreds of times. But yeah, I think it's it's something you can't really, you have to put a value on buying books for children, especially Christian books, because it does have an impact, doesn't it? I, as a parent, I kind of think, well, yeah, it's, it's worth it, because it's something that's going to help teach them. And, and stories do teach in a really, really powerful way and, and help them me- me- remember it as well. Yeah. Okay. A little tip from an uncle. Well, after about the tenth book of reading to my nieces and nephews, I would, I would start reading the title page, and even the ISBN numbers and everything, uh, and the every every word and every letter I would read on the in the book, and eventually they'd get tired of, of hearing the title page, and <laughs> it was time to move on to playing with uh, blocks or something like that. Um, a little tip from an uncle that I learned a long time ago, but uh, th- th- now the, the kids get a kick out of it. They're much older, so now they give me a book to read, and they, they're upset that if I don't read the title page. Uh, as a book that is centered in on the message of the gospel, uh, that is a message that I, th- I know parents really struggle with articulating to their children, and they, they're looking for resources. Is this a book that is going to be helpful in that regard? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I hope so. That's how we I've written it. Um, yeah, I think um, it's it's a challenge trying to tell that gospel story not in the same way every time and in a simple enough a way that they can understand. And um, yeah, the book is very much directed at the message that this is Jesus, the King who was promised. And um, in the books, we've also kind of looked at the idea of the fallen world and how you know some what resonates with people is that we are living in a broken world and part of the gospel message is that jesus is coming to fix things and heaven is the place where everything will be fixed and then it will run in the way that god wants it to in line with his character and his goodness and his design and so we've kind of included that in the books as well which i think is such a big part of the gospel message um and something that people can relate to um and it's just a good way of in a simple way kind of summarizing the goodness of god and what is really the gospel really means for us um so yeah 
um, the book just very simply kind of explains that this is who was promised and this is what who was coming and that this is for every, everybody, for them included as well, but for everybody around the world. I, I know that this is a an issue that many parents and grandparents experience every year during Christmas, the competition with uh, with Tinseltown and with all the pomp and circumstance. What advice do you have for parents on how to take the time and find the opportunities to fit in the true meaning of Christmas into the their children's schedule? Yeah, I think it's important to plan because time can get overwhelmed with things. So having a regular time or planning a time in to spend time thinking about Christian things is really good. Um, also, you know, we can use some of those artistic elements that the rest of the world is using for Christmas, you know, and make it a bit more creative or using advent calendars or boxes or things like that and making it exciting for the kids. I think there's a value in doing that. So we're showing that we're putting effort into that and that isn't as exciting. Sometimes that artistic element can help show this is something exciting we're looking at that is as exciting as the rest of the world. Um, and yeah, I guess it comes back to as well having stories that are going to tell this story in an exciting way and in a way that has an impact on them to really realize the the value of it. But mm. yeah, I mean, it it is challenged because Christmas is so busy, isn't it? And there are so many other things going on. But um, yeah, just prioritizing some of the church events and Spending time as a family and planning to spend time can be really great or choosing some books to work through or, a, you know, that kind of thing um, can be great for the kids. Mm. And, and it's really important. Yeah. I drive by a, a public library every day. I'm heading to my church and uh, oftentimes they have on the the billboard stuff that they're advertising and, and it is vaguely uh, you know, I'm trying to be vague here, but they are very much anti-Christian philosophies and worldviews that they're promoting from their billboard um, and trawling people in. One thing that I know that a lot of parents and grandparents are realizing, it, there's not, it's not safe anymore to send your kids to the public, uh, especially the public libraries, to, to find good content for them. In fact, it's almost throwing your kids to the wolves. So I know that a lot of parents are struggling to find good content to give their kids and stimulate their creativity, stimulate their imagination. But it's a lot harder to find now than I think it was when I was growing up. Yeah, that's definitely true. We've had that issue with a lot of the books that are written as well. You have to kind of read them to check what worldview is coming across and different elements of them that um, are challenging things we might believe um, and challenging a biblical view of things. So we do have to work a lot harder, I think, and kind of checking things out that our kids are going to read. Um, yeah, and trying to find Christian authors and Christian input to balance out what they're receiving from the rest of the world. So I think it's really important to kind of keep the conversation open with your children and be talking to them, be reading the things they're reading and um, having conversations about them and giving them the other view and argument for why some things might not be true um, so they understand that. Um, and it's not just the the wrong things that are, that they're hearing all the time. For any of our parents or grandparents that are thinking it's it's almost impossible to counter what they're already receiving in the world. What advice do you have for them? With, with your book here, which is beautifully written, beautifully illustrated, uh, and beautifully crafted in a, a way that's going to capture the imagination of children, 
What sort of advice do you have for them about what's actually available for them out there? I know your resources, this is a series of books, it's not just one. Um, there are others that are being written. What advice do you have for our listeners on how to actually build a library that their kids can actually learn from in a biblical way? Yeah, I think it, that's really important. And um, Good Book Company have also produced a really great series for older kids as well. So I think just checking out the websites of some of these publishers. Um, we also, in our church, we have a parents WhatsApp group and you can recommend things to each other that your family have enjoyed. Um, and that's a really great way to help find really good resources. Um, it's just important, I think, to to give some time to kind of looking for things like that and be willing to invest invest in buying those materials. Um, you know, we've seen a massive impact that just having individual Bible notes has had on our eldest son, and he's been reading them on his own, like praying on his own and thinking about the impact of those Bible verses on himself and he's really changed over the last few years it's really had a big impact on him so it's a small thing but something you don't want to miss out on really for your kids i think so it's worth kind of looking for those things that will help them and help them have a real relationship with god on their own where they're really relating to god on the, and praying to god and um yeah you just can't really underestimate i suppose the value of finding good well-written things that will engage them and 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 help them as they grow they grow older. Yeah. Well, it is such a great resource. And for someone who really cares about the next generation and little children and their understanding that cultivates from a very young age, I'm so grateful for this and the other books of your series. And of course, the Good Book Company and the great books that they produce for children of all ages. I can't thank you enough. Uh, but with that in mind, could I ask you to pray for our listeners and uh, especially those entrusted with little tiny eternal souls, that they would be wise in what they offer them over this Christmas season. Sure. Father God, we thank you for the children that you've given us, our own children and um, nephews and nieces, the children that we look after in in church. Um, Lord, we just pray that you would help us to invest the time and effort needed, Lord, to give value to teaching them, to realize the value of the opportunity we have for these these young people and please help us to be able to be real with them and just reflect in our own lives the value of your word and um just be able to share with them in a real way the difference that that makes in our lives lord we pray that you'd help us to be good examples of following you and of the christian faith and we pray that you would really help us to to pray for our children to spend time teaching them your word and we pray in the challenge of this day and age where there are so many other challenges to their faith from a younger and younger age we just pray that you would work in our families and help us to be equipped to answer those questions and to teach the children the truth lord and we just pray for the impact of of books that christian books lord that you would really use those and um use them for to reveal to children who you are and why they can have faith in you, Lord, and to reveal to them the gospel and their need to trust in you and repent and follow you. So we just pray for for all Christian books that, that we'll be reading this Christmas, Lord, and just pray that um, you will use those um, to, to impact our children. And 
help us as we try and bring them up to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've been talking with Steph Williams about her book. It's called The Christmas Surprise, and it's a book designed for children and young souls, eternal souls that will last forever that we want to invest in, and it's never too early to start. This is an excellent resource. It's a part of a series of books that you can uh, grab a whole set and uh, share them, maybe even as a Christmas gift this year with a child or a grandchild. Uh, You will not be disappointed. It will capture their imagination, their hearts, and uh, it will really capture their soul as well. So, uh, Steph, thank you so much for this book, uh, for the whole series, and what you're doing to, to invest in children. And thank you for being a part of the many voices for that one message. Many thanks. It's been a pleasure to, to talk to you.